Thank you, audience. Please, no more applause there. It's Thursday. It's 2 p.m. I'm Fred McMurray, which means this must be... As I said, I'm Fred McMurray, and this is Pillars of Franchising. We got a new short segment that we started last week when Kristen announced our Million Dollar Franchisee Mentor Program. So, Kristen, stage is yours. Give us an update before we go into Pillars of Weather. Yes, before the Pillars of Weather, of course. Hey, so I came to bring you an update today on our friend Mario, who is our mentor that we're working with right now. And uh, we have some exciting news. Mario has now narrowed it down to two categories that we're looking for businesses uh, for him. And we're looking through the restaurant industry, specifically QSRs, which is quick serve restaurants. And we're still looking at some home service businesses. So we had an opportunity this last week to review financials with him. And uh, this upcoming week, we're gonna talk with some bankers, some people who have experience lending to franchisees. Um, Mario unfortunately worked with his local bank um, the past couple of weeks only to find that they were not willing to lend to him, even though they have worked with him for years. Um, they're not comfortable working with a franchise. So we've got some great people for him to talk to. And um, we're going to continue to work with three different candidates or candidate franchises under those two categories. Again, both the home service business and the QSR quick serve restaurant uh, categories and hopefully have an opportunity for him to make some decisions here in the very near future. So we've done some recordings for you all to watch very, and uh, we'll have him on again live coming up. So hopefully you all will join us as we continue this path uh, with Mario. And so um, I'm sure we'll have a lot of exciting things for you to see, and we'll get Mario down the road to owning his own franchise very soon. So you're saying, all I can say is if the banks wouldn't let his regular bank wouldn't lessen lend to him? Don't 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 well and we did find you know um a couple of the kind of questions that we had asked some of these people we we pre-screened some of these bankers and things here on pillars before we use them as a resource for our mentors we kind of call it the pillar pillarized they become pillarized and some of the things that they had mentioned to us is that they wind up forming a relationship with the franchisors um, by getting to know what the franchisor expects, what kind of systems they have in place, what qualifications their um, franchisees or potential franchisees have to have so that they know um, if that person borrows money for them for that particular model of a franchise that the likelihood for that person to be successful is high. And so I get their concern over risk, but I think that, again, when you're talking franchises, you're far more likely to be successful than if you're just going out on your own as an entrepreneur. Um, Again, a franchise is is a business model that's been proven, particularly if you're looking at a model that's been out there for several years. 
Um, it's not like these, these particular models that Mario's looking at are brand new franchises. Um, these are models that have been proven anywhere from, you know, seven or eight to up to 30 years, some of them. So yeah, unfortunately, that's what he was finding out. So we've got help for him on the way. And you stepped on my Homer Simpson dough. I mean, really. <laughs> Sorry, I got to get some of the, 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 uh, the sounds in for our, our podcast listeners because they don't get to see all the fun graphics. So I got to throw stuff in for them. So shall we go okay. to our Pillars of Weather segment? Yeah, and bring let's get Ray it going. Guest in? All right. Here we go, folks. And notice we've even got the little dancing dollar signs there, or Ooh, dancing change. Ooh. Sorry, always having fun with the graphics. So take us into the show. All right. Well, I guess I'll get us kicked off since I'm already flapping my lips. My name is Kristen Shelmetsy, and I am sitting in Roselle, Illinois, where the weather is Doom and gloom. Ray will not agree with me, <laughs> but it's about 38, and it's the grayest of days. But it's mid-January, so what do you expect? Ray? Ray, I'm sure you have something better to say than I. Oh, I do. I do. It, it's it's a, it's a heat wave. It's 30, 38 degrees. Cloudy, though. <laughs> but, mm-hmm. you know, it's almost too warm, but... It's to be expected, I guess, in this part. Uh, my background is is uh, from Kakabeka, Canada, and it's I'm pretty sure it's colder there, and I'm tempted to move there. Mm. <laughs> but yeah, it's 38 degrees, gloomy, but here in in Aurora, Illinois. So, I think it's always uh, sunny where you are, Ray. <laughs> he's a sunny disposition. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And. And it, Shell it, Beach? It, uh, it is, you know, the day is what you make of it. And you can That's wake true. up and curse it, or you can wake up and praise it. Well, I think you're still on the honeymoon high. That's the thing yeah. you got going on. <laughs> oh, oh, update, update. On our the Pillars of Franchising YouTube channel, where Ray's wedding is the highlighted video, he's had over 70 views. Wow. Oh. <laughs> He's becoming an international video. St- well, all right, so his wedding is. He already was on that path. but And just yeah. as since no one cares, you can tell what it looks like in the background. It's sunny here, and it's an ungodly 80-something, low 80. You're right. We don't care. <laughs> we don't care. I literally yeah. had to take my hoodie off. Yeah, nobody yeah. cares, Fred. Let's I move know. on to our guest. All right, I'm fine yeah. with that. Uh, hi everybody thanks for having me i i guess ray you know if you do go back up to canada you should probably take this hat it's very very warm and comfy um so i'm in uh i'm in marlboro massachusetts uh it's a balmy 35 degrees and uh we had snow you know snow falling throughout the day no accumulation it's a little rainy now you know it's a new england winter so uh, wow. One day it'll be 50, the next day it'll be zero, and we get a foot of snow. So you never really know what you're going to get. So you, like have you have weather. You know, yeah. Fred does not have weather. Right. <laughs> right. Exactly. Not all of us need weather, Ray. <laughs> it's well known, at least anybody who's been around me in California, 
that my belief is is Californians are the way they are because they don't have weather. They believe it's sunny and nice all the time, and they don't understand that some of us have been able to lean over with their arm on top of the top of a stop sign because they're standing on a snowdrift. So, (laughs) you know, when I was a kid, yeah, I walked a mile and a half to high school back uphill through 30 below weather (laughs) both ways. Okay, so my daughter never quite believed that up, up both ways uphill, but really to go over the That's snow. That's because but, the hill was a snowbank. I agree. <laughs> um, so realistically, do I miss snow? Mm, it's pretty for a bit. But then Chicago snow turns into, as Ray puts it, snurt, which means it's black as night, hard as diamond, and you can kill yourself <laughs> if you fall on it. If, I don't if you ever that. really miss it, come after a snowstorm and dig out my Molly made cars. <laughs> there's, there's 16 of them sitting there, and you can have all the fun you want. <laughs> Again, I do not miss it. Uh, okay, just want to be clear. So <laughs> let us leave the pillars of weather and go into the pillars of franchising. Well, well welcome to the show, Jeff. Thank you so much for having me, guys. I'm really excited to be here. It should be a fun show. I think uh, that uh, I'm really interested in, in, in what you do. And I think since I am not that familiar with what you do, can you tell our audience what it is you do? Absolutely. So I am the Chief Operating Officer with SmartBooks. So we provide outsourced bookkeeping and accounting, payroll, HR, and tax to small businesses and franchisees. So, um, you know, many, and, and describing even Mario here, you know, many people go into business for themselves to either do what they love or at least to build something for themselves instead of for someone else, right? And mm-hmm. so many of these folks, you know, go get into this, you know, business ownership and, you know, they want to be in control. They want to kind of live a certain lifestyle and produce income that supports them and all that stuff, but they don't necessarily know how their business is actually doing. And they don't necessarily know how to get the most out of their, their financials and and use their financials to make smart business decisions. And that's where smart books comes in. So we really strive to uh, be an extension of our, uh, our client teams and to give them all of the kind of the back office, you know, finance and operational support that they need. Uh, they didn't go into business to do their books, but we did. Yeah. yeah. All right. So is that a smart official hat? This is not a smart book official <laughs> hat. This is a completely unexpected addition to my uh, my outfit today. I, I couldn't be the only one on the show without a funky hat on. So I just happened to have my cousin Eddie uh, from National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation hat sitting nearby and uh, figured I'd, I'd throw it on and join in the fun. We should have told you it was a complete costume show and then you could have grabbed the robe and the whole nine so that it really, really got you in the spirit. Exactly. And they say, I mean, so I, I just want to say, if you guys are going to have those type of smart books hats, we'll all wear them on the show for you. If it's going to be that type okay. of hat. Okay. Now don't like think it. that, don't think Fred's just trying to get a free hat. <laughs> <laughs> Make a note. Send a free hat to Fred. Got it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yep, <laughs> yeah, I yep. do like free hats. Uh, what, what can I say? All right. 
What's so, you know, I am curious because, you know, bookkeeping is definitely not my strong suit. You know, when I opened my business, um, I knew that going in. And I think that um, it really wasn't until the last couple of years that I even wanted to figure it out. And then the part I figured out, I decided I'm still not really good at it. It's just, it's just not my thing. I don't like to read directions. I don't like to do the details like that is just, and so we've been having this fight about, you need a bookkeeper. No, I don't. Yes, you do. You need an accountant. Well, I have an accountant. It, it's just a, it's a constant struggle. And I think for a lot of people, you know, you may go into it thinking that you know enough and you know enough probably to get you in trouble is the, is the problem, right? I mean, I don't know about you, Ray. Did you, did you start with somebody doing your books right away? I started with actually the, very first person I consulted with was an accountant mm-hmm. or even a, an attorney uh, because I needed uh, that is that is my weak spot is, yep. is is taxes essentially and you know specifically business taxes so uh, I consulted with this person and he and he read the uh, um, franchise disclosure document for me and, and, and you know I wanted to make sure everything was on the up and up and I think that's one of the things that uh, Jeff needs to impress upon our audience, how important it is to get these people on board. When I say these people, I mean accounting and uh, tax accountants specifically, right from the get-go. Because you can really get in trouble fast when you when you begin to hire, especially when you begin to hire people. Absolutely. So if you're a, if you're a prospective franchisee and you're evaluating systems and you're going through you know, the, you know, the branch ID validation and all of those different things. And you get to the point where you're, you, you found it, you've got the one, you, you feel good about it. Um, you know, I would highly encourage anyone to make sure you tap into the expertise of someone who can help you, you know, look at their item 19, if they have one, you know, try to help you build out a pro forma, like scrutinize it. Don't just accept what they tell you at face value and expect that. Okay. Well, these are the results, so therefore I'm going to accept that as gospel, and this is what's going to happen to me. Scrutinize it. What are you really going to need for capital? If they tell you you can do it with a SBA Express loan for 150000 but yet you're really going to need 180 over the first six months, then you've got to be smart about it, right? And, and so there's so many gotchas. There's so many things that you don't know. And, you know, one thing I've learned is, you know, and, and as I join these different networking groups and things like that, you know, I may not have all the answers, but my network does kind of thing. So mm-hmm. it's don't try, you can spend and waste so much time and ultimately money by just going and try to figure this stuff out on your own, or you can just enlist the help of someone who can actually look at this with you that's been there, done that, can kind of draw in their past experience and be that neutral third party to help you make the right decision. Well, and I know so, when we did our um, business plans too, to exactly what you said, um, we completed them and then we sent them to some other owners and said, Hey, can you take a look at this? Can you make sure our targets look right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think of the three or four that we sent them to only maybe one or two actually took the time and said, Hey, I think you're off here. By the way, you might want to tweak this number. And Oh yeah, by the way, still wound up spending almost double than what we thought we were going to need. And I th- Ray, you and I talked about that before, right? Like, and I said to Mario, hey, whatever you think you're going to need that first couple of years, double it. 
and be pleasantly surprised if you don't need double, but really be, be ready and expect double to be what you really have to have because things pop up. You know, the economy takes the crap. You've got a pandemic on your hands. Who knows what's going to happen? And uh, I think people just need to need to be aware and get as many people look at your stuff as they can before you really take the plunge. Absolutely. And even when even when it comes to things like, again, franchisee validation. So you can go and talk to a whole bunch of folks, right? What questions are you going to ask? They're not always going to be forthcoming with, you know, with what what their finances are, right? And so you've got to be discerning about it. You've got to you've got to understand how to draw out the information. You've got to also identify whether or not you, you know, are in the same situation as that person or not or whatever. And so again, even to in to your point about when to engage and everything, if, if you're going through that and there's an opportunity for you to really learn what it's like in as a day in the life of a franchisee and you know someone who maybe grew up in the system and then bought their own versus someone who's coming in fresh from the outside or a semi-absentee versus an owner operator and understanding all of those different intricacies and differences to really have that support to help you kind of understand, to ask the right questions and then to, to kind of validate that afterwards too. You know, I, I think it's really important. So the, the short answer is the sooner the better. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Very important. And then the other piece I guess I would add is when it comes to, so you've, you've done that, you feel good about the, the, the financial path, you believe that it aligns with your goals and all that stuff, and then you actually have to, you know, take that scary step of signing the agreement and setting up an entity. And what kind of an entity do I do? I've heard about this LLC thing. Does that work for me? Should I be an S-corp? Do I do this? Do I do that? Whatever. So there's so much stuff there. And so to consult with a tax accountant at that point to understand, again, match it to your financials, match it to the, uh, you know, whatever other kind of complexity you may have with your personal situation and help you make the best decision there to both protect you uh, from a, a liability standpoint, but also to make sure that you're optimizing your situation for, for tax and, and others. So. Well, I talked to uh, one of the gentlemen that we talked to on Monday, who's, uh, I'll refer to him as a banker, and uh, we were just kind of chatting it up, kind of about Mario and where we wanted to go with the whole mentor program, and, um, you know, I think he's, again, going to be a great resource, very much like, like you are with what you folks do, and uh, he said, well, how did you get your business funded? What did you do? What, what, you know, what bank did you use? And I said, well, I didn't use a bank. I wound up cashing out all my stock and my I cashed out my 401k and he said, you did what? You paid the tax penalty and you cashed out your 401k? And I said, well, yeah, I was like, you know, 36 or something. And he's like, what? But, but you paid that. And I said, yeah, because at the time my accountant said, oh, you know, it's not so bad to go in debt free. You got plenty of time to make up your 401k. And so now though, as I'm 15 years down the road, I'm like, hmm. Now I'm like stashing money away like crazy to make up for lost time because really over the last 15 years, we've gone through the recession and we've gone through the pandemic where everything you saved goes back into your business because it has to, right? So there are just so many options. And, you know, we had to really think about what kind of corporation we were going to be even before we went to the bank, right? Because, you know, where do you want to be taxed? 
Do you want to be taxed on both ends? Do you want to be taxed on the personal side? I mean, there's so much I think people underestimate. Oh my God, Fred, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> if you can see that, I don't know what that thing is on the is screen. Is that a minotaur? I, it must be the hat. He thinks that I'm going to get that thing. Anyway, there's so much to, to really consider. And, and that's what I'm so excited about this whole mentor program that we're doing because someone like Mario, I mean, he's going to meet so many great people and have so many resources available. And all the things that Ray and I and, and David may be missed in retrospect, hopefully we can prevent him from making some of those, you know, same mistakes. But um, the one thing I wanted to ask you, you know, you guys are uh, based in Massachusetts. How do you do it if somebody calls you from, say, like Mario, he's in California? Oh, we, I mean, we work with, with not necessarily in all 50 states today, but we can work with people in anywhere in the country. So uh, our team is remote. So we've got people located across the country um, and we've got clients in California and, you know, Idaho and Florida and everywhere in between. So um, okay. we're, we're remote, uh, we're remote operations. So uh, we're not on site, you know, not the classic, you know, we're going to come in and do your books every Tuesday afternoon from two to four and, you know, go through your receipts and things like that. We really work to, Put the right technology stack in place and the right finance stack to make sure that um, you know we've got all the right pieces to be able to, to support you and um, we put everything up into the cloud and uh, we did that 10 years ago before that was really even a thing and it's really come in handy now because we're not trying to figure it out while everyone's rushing to figure out how to do this remote thing yeah. <laughs> that's, that's true we just had to figure out how to work differently with all these intruders in our home offices that we didn't have previously. <laughs> yeah, <but>. yeah. <laughs> so I would have to imagine that you have gotten extremely uh, busy with all of the PPP loan stuff. Are you getting inundated with that? I mean, I yes. haven't heard back from my, my accountant in three days. And when I finally got to her, she's like, I am just buried. Yeah. It's been uh, it's been a busy year on the PPP front. It's and it's interesting. So we have we have clients. We're we're not you know we're somewhat industry agnostic. We work with a lot of service based uh, industry type clients and things like that. Um, but you know we're we're relatively industry agnostic. So we haven't been uh, you know we're not the quick service restaurant only you know firm, right? So our we we haven't been impacted as much as some other industries. Uh, but, you know, we do have all kinds of clients. We have, you know, startups to, you know, the fledgling franchisee to, you know, big established companies and, again, everything in between. And we've, we've seen all kinds of different things. People going through layoffs, people having to cut back, people having to close down their business that was already kind of struggling and, and things like that. And so we, we saw, you know, at times we saw a little bit less of a demand for kind of the core basic bookkeeping, but then we got a lot more demand for, fractional CFO for tax, for things like that to help with, you know, can you help me figure out how should I be thinking about my, my finance? What am I actually going to need? What, you know, what happens when I can reopen? How am I going to plan for that both from a revenue and an operating expense perspective? And, and then, you know, can you help me figure out which loan is best for me? Can you help me track all of the, the expenses so that I can, you know, have a higher likelihood that it's going to get forgiven. So we have been incredibly, 
uh, busy <laughs> yeah. uh, navigating all of those things. For sure. And some of those have changed, right? I mean, oh, from yeah. where we were, I started filling it out. And the next thing I know, I get a phone call, stop, don't do it. Mm-hmm. Everything's being revamped. And so yeah. then now I fill out my second wave of PPP and it says, well, was your first wave forgiven? I'm like, well, hell no, it hasn't been forgiven. I can't even fill out the paperwork because you all just changed everything. <laughs> what am yeah. I supposed to do? You know, it's really yeah. crazy. It's a, a wild time to be a small business. Yes. yes uh, all those things that Jeff mentioned are easily uh, looked at if, if you account, if you have some sort of an accounting system. And if you don't, if you don't know what you owe, if you don't know what your income is, mm-hmm. I mean, you're, you're kind of doomed for failure because you may be at the edge of either failure and all you need is a, a couple more bucks, or you may have more money than you think and you're, and, and you think you should close your business. You know, totally. so if you don't know those things, that's why accounting is so important and people need to start with something. And I know before the show, we started, a little, we talked a little bit about, you said you use QuickBooks, uh, and I started out with QuickBooks, and I think utilizing some software like that to account for all the things that are happening in your business, you know, all your bills and all your income, and you can print out a, a, a picture, if, you know, of what you, uh, what, what, how your business is doing. Um, and, Maybe you can tell our audience how important that is to know what's happening in your business. Absolutely. So we, we get many instances, we'll get a new client who isn't starting from scratch, right? They've already had some other solution there. They are like, okay, I can learn QuickBooks. How hard can it be? It's, it seems relatively user-friendly. There's lots of help content out there, things like that. I, I can do this. I got this. I don't want to spend money on this. Right. And so they, they kind of limp along and they think that everything's fine, but they don't really understand the true financial performance. I can print mm-hmm. out these pretty reports, my you know, income statement and my statement of cash flows and my balance sheet, but do I really understand what those things are? Do I understand what the metrics are, what they mean? Do I understand what's important for my business model that might be different from the business model that was you know loaded as the default with QuickBooks and my chart of accounts and all of those technical things, and and maybe you do. In our experience, more often than not, you don't. And so, what we end up doing is we go in, we clean things up, we we take time to understand their business and their business model. We we kind of get things organized so that we can start to bring to the surface the true financial performance. And that could be things like understanding you know, project or client or product profitability. So you might kind of make decisions based off of what you have for cash on hand in the bank at the end of the day, but maybe there's one product or one project or one customer that's carrying you and your business. And you're, you don't recognize that because it's lost in, in the busyness of just keeping up with, okay, I know I have to fill or categorize this thing, but now I'm not actually taking the time to really kind of understand at a strategic level, what's happening in my business. And the, so, other, the other thing, I'm not to interrupt you, but it, it's totally on topic. Ray, remember when they told all of us to go back and realign, because they wanted to be able to compare all of our franchises equally. And what was happening is we all had different chart of accounts. Yep. And mm-hmm. so the good thing is, if you've got a great franchisor, 
they're going to ask you to set up the same chart of accounts so that they can compare business to business and really be able to identify those who are doing well, those who are not, set up, you know, Absolutely. what percent should you have in each category of expense, and then say, hey, here are really the guys that are running, or girls that are running the most profitable companies and why, and then when we go to conventions and such, those people, those are our peers who tend to run some of the seminars about, here's how I got to these targets, and it really turns into be a really great experience because you don't have somebody from the home office telling you, you actually have other owners saying, hey, I get your, your problems and this is what I did and this is how it worked. Totally agree. In fact, we're, um, we're working with uh, an emerging franchise brand and we're, we're the default uh, bookkeeping solution for all of their franchisees. And what you just described is exactly what they're intending to do in the way of supporting their franchisees. So we have a standard chart of accounts. We have you know, the standard metrics, everyone is going to be getting the same exact treatment in terms of their books so that when they look across their, their base, they can really truly compare apples to apples. And that really helps them from a coaching perspective. This happens to be a brand that really, really truly cares about franchisee success. And so if they need to do some coaching, then they want to know what they're looking at is real and they want to have confidence that it's being done well and that everything is captured and that their books are up to date and they're not, you know, six months or nine months or, you know, Oh God, it's tax time. I forgot. I have to do all my bookkeeping. Right. It's, it's, it's regular. It's, it's, you know, kept up to date regularly. They get, you know, great insights and can, can kind of compare across the system. So that's incredibly valuable to the franchisor and the franchisees benefit from it because Either A, they, they just get it, and, and now that they get all this stuff taken off their plate and they can actually just focus on working on their business as opposed to in their business with their back office stuff, then great. And if they don't, then they're going to get the help that they need, whether it be coaching from us, coaching from the franchisor, et cetera. So that is a very, very important thing, especially for the franchisors out there in terms of you know, how, to, how to really provide that right level of support across the base. Awesome. I realize that we have skipped a break and we need to get to break, but when we come back, I'd like you to tell our listeners, after of all the careers that you have, what makes this your favorite career of all? Awesome. Hey, Fred. Yeah, I know. I'm just... I've got a sloth <laughs> on my head. <laughs> They've been liking that one. In, in our Viewers have been cracking me up on that one. On Twitch? Hey, franchise owners. How is your local marketing? Do you feel like you could use some help keeping up with your social media posts and comments and reviews? Do you wonder if you could be doing more to attract local customers? Are you able to identify new movements to your local area? At Westvine, we help franchisees like you reach more local customers through digital marketing. With daily monitoring, creative content, ad placement, and customer data intelligence, We'll get your business in front of the people who want your products or services. We also work with franchisors who need an agency to handle the digital marketing for all of their locations. If you're ready to reach more local customers, give us a call at 805-265-5440 or visit us at westvine.com. That's 805-265-5440 or westvine with a Y.com. Thanks, Michelle. And we're back, 
and Kristen is gone and then back and then gone and then back and now she's here. Which, had she stayed gone, then we would have had to have put our friend. Where'd he go? There. Oh. Party moves? Do you have a party move? <laughs> Officer Zootopia. He's a little burly. <laughs> Could you get a mermaid or something? All right. Well, you. I get, how about nah, this? That's way too girly. A pig. <laughs> yes. A piggy bank. Of course. What are you trying to say, Fred? <laughs> if it's a piggy bank, I'm all good. There we go. There we go. All right. <laughs> I told you, I just seen my head on a margarita glass. <laughs> okay, Jeff. Okay. So let's find out. Tell me. I want to know. So you've done these things with cars. Tell me what else you've done because from our brief conversation before the show, it sounds like you've done nothing even close to what you're doing today. That is 100%. Correct. So uh, how did we get so, here? Yep. I'm not an accountant. I am not a tax preparer. I am not a payroll or HR specialist. Um, but I am, uh, I've, I've kind of grown up in, in operations. So uh, I started my career with Staples. Uh, we were, I was there for seven or eight years, kind of on the corporate ladder. And uh, Staples is a fantastic company. Kind of a bad thing to say about Staples. It just wasn't for me in the end. Mm-hmm. So um, one of the things that I felt about the corporate world was I had conflict between, you know, selling more office supplies did not necessarily align with me as a, a person and what I believed in. And I, I just, I'm someone who needs to work in an organization where there's an overarching purpose. And um, so I, I kind of bounced around after Staples with smaller technology firms and things like that. Um, most recently, I was with a company called Dealer Raider, and uh, we sold it to Cars.com, which is located in Chicago. So spent some time, lots of time in Chicago, out by you guys, um, and uh, was really focused on kind of taking the Dealer Raider products to market within the Cars channel. And then I ended up uh, being tapped to oversee Cars operations for a period of time, but I was tired of commuting from Massachusetts to Chicago every week. That got old. You didn't and like so- O'Hare? Oh, I mean, I, I ended up flying into uh, Midway a little bit more, and that was slightly better. But uh, Yeah, not much. Yeah, yeah but not <laughs> much, not much for sure. Um, and I love my experience with cars. I love my experience with, with Dealerator. Um, cars, publicly traded company, another fantastic company. Um, but, you know, it, it ended up getting to the point where it was dealing again with bureaucracy and, and the, the crunch to hit the quarterly numbers and all of those things. And, you know, getting further away from Dealerator, which was smaller, from being able to like sit down, make decisions to go and act and, and things like that. And so uh, Smartbook's opportunity presented itself and, um, and it just seemed like a really good fit. Uh, you know, looking for someone who really could kind of bring a client service uh, and, you know, client service type background to the organization. Um, accountants aren't necessarily known for delivering a great client experience. They're really good practitioners, but not necessarily thinking about the client experience as a whole and what can we do to make sure that we're meeting their total needs and that we're, you know, able to retain and all those things, right? And so um, there was really an opportunity and I was concerned. I'm like, okay, well, I'm not a, you know, ask me to be COO, run all of the kind of day-to-day operations. 
not an accountant, not a practitioner in any of the things that we do, but really what SmartBooks needed was kind of overall leadership and focus on the client. And so that's what I was able to bring to the table. Now, the thing that most endeared me to SmartBooks was um, the, the purpose. So when Calvin, Calvin Wilder, Jenny Wilder are the, the co-founders, husband and wife, they started the company in 2009. And they did it from day one with the mission of really being able to, uh, you know, really the belief that small business owners deserve better. They, they both saw that so many of these medium and large sized businesses have access to all of these different financial resources and entire departments with accounting and finance and all kinds of different backgrounds and everything. And small businesses are just out there on their own, trying to figure it all out and stressed and not able to achieve their goals and their dreams. So that was how they kind of got the start and, and they've never lost that. And so, um, you know, that was one of the things that I, I love that focus on really truly help, truly helping people. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as I mentioned in the, in the quick intro before I'm, I'm a, a bit of a matchmaker, right? So I can, I know enough to be dangerous. I'm, I'm not going to get in there and do your books, but I can understand what your business model is. I can understand what your pain points are. And if I think that we can be of service to you and we can help you, then I'll, I'll present a great option. If I can't, then my goal is to introduce you to someone who can. And, and so that's where that, that client service focus comes in and, you know, not just trying to, it's kind of that rising tide raises all boats kind of thing, right? Like mm-hmm. there's so much opportunity out there and, you know, I just want to make sure that people are matched to uh, the, the services and the provider that's best going to meet their needs. Yeah, I think a lot of small businesses need companies like yours. There are probably many that don't know they need yep. services like yours until, you know, the IRS is knocking on their door and they have an audit or something like that. And then they go, oh, crap. Yeah, yep, exactly. Or in, in many instances, it's, you know, oh, my my bookkeeper is retiring or, you know, my spouse has told me if I don't, you know, have someone other than them do my books, then, you know, there's going to be hell to pay or whatever. Right. And so it's those type of pain points as well that kind of present themselves. And they're like, okay, I've kind of known that I wasn't getting necessarily the best solution, but it was good enough and it worked, but now it's time to upgrade. And I feel like I want to get more. So we get a lot of that too. So many people in our audience are thinking about starting a franchise. So if uh, you were in touch with uh, one of these uh, audience participants and they said they wanted to start a business, what would be your recommendations to them at this point? Uh, so I guess if you're, if you're obviously thinking about franchise, I think that's a fantastic uh, place to focus. Uh, there's so much benefit in adopting a, you know, a quote unquote proven system as opposed to just trying to start from scratch on your own. So I think it's a great way to, uh, to get going. And, you know, many of the franchisees and prospective franchisees that I talk with, they're, they're great practitioners. They, they have a particular skill set. If they want to be an owner operator, uh, then, you know, stick to the industries, you know, if you just want to be a general manager and leader and, and, you know, care less about the, the work and more about the money, then that's fine too. So franchising really has something for everyone, which is great. So I think, you know, starting first with, okay, what, what's really important to you? Are, again, if you're going to be an owner operator, uh, then it probably makes sense to be an owner operator in a business that you are passionate about and that you think you would enjoy doing for at least the next 10 years. 
um, if you're really looking at it more from an investment perspective and you're going to be a semi-passive and you're going to hire someone to run the day-to-day and things like that, then, you know, really think about, okay, well, what do you really want to get from this investment? What do you need in terms of your, uh, you know, what you look to pull out of the business and, and in what time period? Because finding that great manager that's going to lead these operations for you sounds fantastic, but you're going to have to capitalize, be capitalized enough to be able to sustain that until you get to the point where, there's enough, you know, enough actual revenue coming in to support that person and for you to be able to draw something out of it and whatever. So, you know, those are, those are things that I would encourage people to think about in terms of which, which path and, you know, think about the industry and, you know, kind of the business model and purpose and all those things as a starting point. Ray, did you start with help in your office or did you uh, go to one? Okay. (laughs) Well, I started with a, a manager um, because I, I know I know where my skills are, and one of I have good people management skills, mm-hmm. but I I was used to dealing with managing people who were technically inclined. Okay, right. So I knew that my expertise didn't lie in that area, and I I immediately hired an office manager to to take that role. Yeah, and I I think that was a pretty wise decision on my part because uh, I'm, I'm used to dealing with also male people. Right, right. <laughs> and uh, you deal with them differently than, uh, you know, near, well, all my uh, employees right now are female. Right. And, and uh, I, th- I think it's whatever my decision points were back when I started the business 17 years ago, seems to be playing out in uh, a good way. Yeah. This is the coolest I thing I have ever seen. And I think that the one key thing, and we've talked about it on previous um, shows, is being able to identify where your strengths are and where your weaknesses are so that you can hire someone that compliments you. Because I did the same thing. And I had somebody who stayed in the office, and I went out and I – did the estimates. I met with the people. I went to the chambers. I did all the, you know, kind of social part and they were there taking the phone calls. And when a quality check or whatever needed to happen, if I couldn't be there, they went. And so, you know, because you just, it's really hard depending on the type of business you have to be the one and only. And, um, you know, Ray talks about it all the time, right? You want to work in the business or on the business. And so I think that's, the one thing we really talked a lot to a lot um, to Mario about is you have to really define where do you want to be, yeah. you know, and for how long. Yeah, and what you were just describing there too, Kristen, like you don't want to outsource the the growth in and the sales and I mean to some extent depending on the business model, but in in the example you're using, like you don't want to outsource someone out representing your business and building your brand in your market and doing all the networking and things like there's no one that's going to care more or do that better than you. Right. But, you know, but why then, you know, not, why not outsource those things that are kind of the necessary evils, right. Of like your books, uh, you know, payrolls, those types of things. Like you don't need to spend your, that is not what's going to help you, grow from zero to a million, right? That is, you know, it's, it's the, it's the other activities of working on that are going to help you grow. 
Yeah. And, you know, you just need to be able to get empowered to make better decisions along the way with you know, sourcing those other pieces. Yeah. And One I other think piece as... I'd add, too, sorry, mm-hmm. is, um, you know, just a story. So, uh, you know, we have a franchisee that we're working with that, uh, you know, had a very successful corporate career, um, you know, running a large, large organization. And one of the things that he told us was, you know, I always had a whole bunch of people. I never had to worry about um, payroll. I never had to worry about hanging up a, a HR poster in my break room and worry <laughs> about like all of these things that, that now that I'm it, I'm the head honcho, I'm responsible for everything. I don't know what I'm doing, right? And, and I need someone to, to help me and to make sure that I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not opening myself up to all this risk and liability yeah. and whatever, right? And so yeah. it's, it's really, it's interesting. And that's an interesting point because I, I have lost contact with some of the things that my office people do. And, and starting the business, I, I did it all pretty much. And, and the way I, I made decision points is I, I gave away the things I hated to do. And one of that was dispatching. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I really hated to do that. And since then, the software has changed so much. I, I would have to spend a couple of days in the software just to figure out how to get where oh, things are and how to move people around and, and things like that. So that, that is a dangerous thing, but uh, uh, it's, it's probably a good thing that I don't know because I'd probably screw it up more. <laughs> I, mean, I, I, I really have to compliment my managers. They really do a fantastic job in, in, in getting people out and making, their, uh, making sure things are efficient all our clients are taken care of and all our employees are happy. They really do an excellent job with that. Which is why he has time to become an international radio star or a live casting star. Sorry. (laughs) Yeah. It gives me time to do what I want to do. That's also our motto in in Molly made, you know, we, our clients, you know, more time to do what they want to do. Yeah. And thank God for our girls. They give us the time to do what we want to do. Yeah. But when you look at the evolution of businesses, it is really, really interesting. And I think that, um, you know, the last few shows that we've done, I I think for people who have listened and and really paid attention and are really thinking about starting their own businesses, you know, we've talked a lot to people who've said, listen, these are critical programs that you need to have right when you get started. Because if you don't, if you try to implement them later, it's going to be a lot harder. It could cost you a lot more money um, because you're then cleaning up the mess that was created by not having them. And you know, something like this, it doesn't maybe cost you a little bit more yet initially, but it could save you a lot down the road. You know, it's, I, I'm always a super like out front person, right? So I do my own payroll. And I have a staff of 30 people. So I was talking to a guy yesterday. He's, oh my gosh, Kristen, you're doing your own payroll? I'm like, yeah, it takes me like 20, 30 minutes. It's not a big deal. Well, yeah, but then you have to do your own taxes. Yeah, I do my own taxes. Well, how does that work out for you? Well, I hate it. And sometimes I'm a day late and sometimes I forget. And, you know, I'm like the absent-minded professor, right? And so it's a total nightmare for me. And so now I'm at the point where if I were just more disciplined, it wouldn't be a big deal, but I'm not. And so I need to recognize that a company like 
smart books would eliminate all of that for me. And is it a little more expensive? Yes, but I guarantee you it's not as expensive as all my late fees and penalties. <laughs> right? I mean, really, and that's what people have to think about. You don't realize, you know, I did it. I won't even tell you the late fees and penalties. Not because I didn't have my money to pay. It's because I, oh my God, I forgot last week. Oh my God. I mean, come on, that's ridiculous. And I'm not the only one out there who can't, you know, remember stuff. So, you know, really let me be the example Get someone like Jeff's company to help you pay the money up front and don't worry about all the crap on the back end. It's just not yeah. worth it, really. It is, so I comment on two things there. One, um, it's kind of like, you know, diet and exercise, right? It's much easier to, you know, to maintain your weight than it is to lose a bunch of weight, right? And so you know, if you, if you get behind on this stuff, then it is going to be a lot harder to get it right down yeah. the road. So starting off right out of the gates, like making healthy choices and whatever, it, it's going to, you're going to get better results in the long run. Don't get me and started then, on that. <laughs> <laughs> but then the other piece that I would add is, you know, and this is, and it's hard, you know, because it is intangible, but I, I'll just speak for me personally. So I've had this, we're, we're in the process, we're going to start franchising SmartBooks soon, which I'm really excited about. Yay. But right now we're working on all like the, the legal docs and the compliance and all of those things and all the stuff that I don't particularly enjoy. And it, I got this weight on my shoulders of like, I can't start to do the stuff that I really love doing with, you know, actually getting out there and talking to prospective franchisees and helping them to figure out whether or not this would be a good opportunity for them because I'm, I'm bogged down and I've got this monkey on my shoulder that I just can't seem to get off with, with mm -hmm. getting through this stuff. And it's not something that I'm particularly good at. And, and so like the, the act of being able to, to hand that off to someone, which we're, mm -hmm. we're working towards to say, here, you're the expert at this, you know, we've taken it this far, but I really need you to kind of take it over the finish line for me. That weight lifted off my shoulders is, is worth its weight in gold as far as I'm concerned. You know what I mean? So we're going to pay for that, but, but now I don't have, like, I, I can, I can breathe a little easier. I can get excited about, you know, these other things as opposed to just, you know, dreading the fact that I'm going to have to sit down and, and work through, you know, pages and pages of legal docs. Right. Absolutely. So, we are going to cut to a quick commercial, and when we come back, you get. <laughs> the Franchise Woman is a bi-monthly digital magazine that empowers women as they navigate the franchising industry by providing relevant news, tools, advice, and inspiration. We are a resource for women who are seeking to own their own businesses, improve their existing businesses, find creative solutions, and take advantage of franchise opportunities. We feature women in the business who best exemplify our ideals and have something to teach our readers. In addition to our exclusive articles relating to the female entrepreneur, we also feature brands that are geared for women. Women have become the fastest growing sector in business ownership and have become a powerful, influenceable force fueling the economy. The Franchise Women will give you the news that is relevant to you to help you navigate the path of successful franchise ownership. By women, for women, and about women. We are the Franchise Woman. Join us today at www.thefranchisewoman.com. Oh, and is 
song about taking a trip or something like from the 60s? Yeah, but if we play it, then somebody will get uh, yeah, annoyed. Okay, and, royalties. Yeah, and copyright it. <laughs> we can make and up all, our own you know. song. You mean like Ray? Pillars of Franchising? One. <laughs> so, we are, as we always like to take our weekly trip down the rabbit hole. I forget where it started, but I do remember it had to do with an HR person dealing with um, talking about AI and things like that. And I finally said, okay, we're really going to go down the rabbit hole. And I asked the rabbit hole question, and man, there was eight seconds of panic silence in our heart going, oh my God, what am I going to say? So it's been, a, about this, Chris. it's been a fan favorite ever since. So today's topic, alien invasion. As we know, there's more and more uh, in 2020, besides all the weird things that were happening, Department of Defense was declassifying video of, I guess they're now calling it unexplained aerial phenomena, something like that, UFOs. Anyways, assuming that the alien invasion is coming, how will smart books figure out how to help alien races minimize their bookkeeping expenses in the alien world. Okay, great. Well, I mean, it, it sounds not that dissimilar to tax and sales tax and uh, all of those things, right? So in, uh, in, the, in, in the normal world that we live in today with sales tax, there was this big thing uh, within the last couple of years called the Wayfair ruling that completely changed the way that companies needed to think about sales tax. And it used to be that you needed a physical location in a particular state or jurisdiction in order to have physical nexus, which were required to file sales tax in that state. Now it's no longer that case. It's now an economic nexus. So if you have a certain amount of revenue that you deliver to a particular state or something like that, then you may be obligated to pay, not just at the state level, but potentially even at the local jurisdiction. So I would look at this alien invasion the same way that we would attack sales tax and say, okay, you know, what, what are the expenses that you're incurring, incurring, you know, while on planet Earth as compared to over here? How can we attribute those expenses to, uh, you know, the right, the right areas? Make sure that you understand, you know, where you're going to pay the toll and pay the tax. And let's make sure that we, uh, you know, take great care of that. For you. So you know, that makes a lot of sense. That, that really does the way you explained it. It also makes me realize, as thinking about California, Never mind, I won't comment about oh. alien Do we have you? Yeah, that's a tricky one. It's not all about California. <laughs> so, Ray, you want to take us home with the final question? The final question, uh, Jeff, is always, we've talked a lot about how it is important to have someone uh, account for what you're doing in your business. So if someone wanted some advice in that area, how would they get a hold of you? All right. So you can find me on LinkedIn. It's uh, Jeff Provost, and, and I'm right on LinkedIn at SmartBooks. You can find me on SmartBooks.com. Uh, you can call me. My number is 978-905-6346. You can email me, jprovost at SmartBooks.com. Excellent. And yes, Ray, it is on the website. So oh, okay, uh, I don't have to say it anymore. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
And Kristen's uh, playing with her pet so pirate bird. Yeah, Very good. <laughs> yeah. I like that, yeah. don't you? So, folks, this has been another interesting educational. That guy's, that guy's cute. Thank you. <laughs> and strange episode of Pillars of Franchising. Thanks to our watchers and viewers who have given us uh, useful information on improving our Twitch channel, among others. We'll be yeah, back shout next out week. To Twitch. Shout out to Twitch. Kicking it butt. And FC2 Live. We actually had maximum nice. viewage on max, one of our maximum viewage live on FC2 Live. Now go look there to find out. That's what. So we'll be back next week on. Pillars, pillars, pillars of franchising. Pillars, pillars, pillars.